and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing lay ministry. So let's get started. Good to be with you, uh, Lindsay, uh, as always, and we've covered a lot of different topics. Uh, today, we have a special guest, you might say, uh, people from uh, members of the staff. Uh, we have uh, Hannah Berglund, who works with our formation department. We have Brian Mays, who also works with our formation department. And we have Barb Vanderwellen, who is our business manager. And part of the reason we, we bring these folks together is to, and, and to be able to share with you a bit, uh, is to recognize the incredible value of, of the laity within the church. Not only in volunteer, because sometimes it's just seen that, well, they're supposed to volunteer, but it's more serious than that, uh, realizing that as the laity, we all have a responsibility to help this, this whole enterprise that we call church, uh, that, that Jesus really set into motion is to somehow uh, to come to fruition. That uh, it used to be believed that, you know, only uh, the priests or the bishops or the deacons or the religious men and women were the only ones that um, were somehow able to carry out the mission of the church. And thank goodness after the Second Council, the Second Council of Vatican II, is that realizing that that simply was not the case. And it was never supposed to be the case uh, that the laity have always had a, uh, a very special place in, in, and uh, might say, yeah, a special place in the church in helping it to thrive and helping it to come to fruition. And particularly in during the Second Vatican Council that you had the decree on the apostolate of the laity uh, that, that really spoke of of people's obligation through baptism to help all of this take place. And so today what we want to do is to share a little bit, one, about what these folks do, two, why they do it, and three, you might say, how it makes a difference in the world. And, and for yourself also, Lindsay, that when I think about uh, where we were a short time ago, uh, Podcasts were simply not on my radar, and it was after some uh, prodding and and ranting and raving and and probably a few beatings now and then that somehow no. we no that, violence no violence no priests were harmed in the making of this podcast that uh, but that that recognize there are different ways, and we know that no one person can ever do it by themselves, and nor are they supposed to but that we need one another. So I just um, see who wants to go first here that is able to try to just give an idea of what they do. And then from there, we can have a bit of a conversation about the role of different folks and, and the role of the laity uh, in, in, in how we help church to be church. Y'all can't see it, but they're all pointing at Hannah. Hannah. So I think <laughs> Hannah wins. <laughs> well, thank you. And... Um, <laughs> Before we kind of get into what we do, what we do, I think it's important to say that um, you know the laity have a right and a responsibility to participate in the life of the church, and um, you know I think to a degree, you know 
we're still educating people on on really what took place in the Second Vatican Council and what was in some of these sacred documents that were produced. Um, and um, the fact is that, um, you know, as Father Howard said, no one can, no one person can do it alone. And um, the priest or the pastor of a parish serves as kind of the guide, the leader, um, but um, kind of um, at, you know, Father Howard definitely um, values um, what his staff people have to say, and we kind of work as a team to accomplish things. And I think that's really what the leaders of the council had in mind um, when they put forth this document on the Apostle of the Laity. Um, and there's a, there's a piece from this document that says that the laity share in the priestly prophetic and royal office of Christ and therefore have their own share in the mission of the whole people of God by their baptism. And so, um, you know, that's not just talking about us who are employed by the church, but all of us who are baptized members of the church um, have, a, have a role that is not to be understated ever um, in um, participating in the mission of the people of God. And so I just wanted to bring that forth because I think it's important and I don't think that it's talked about enough um, by folks. And so I can kind of get into some things that I do. So my role is um, I'm the director of uh, faith formation at Holy Angels. And um, so I'm directly responsible for um, the religious education of our K-5 through 8th graders. Um, as well as um, taking care of sacramental preparation for um, children, you know, who are in second grade and many times children who are older than second grade in preparation for the sacraments of reconciliation and uh, Eucharist. Um, I also oversee um, our intern, uh, who is Lydia Bolin, who is excellent. Um, our administrative assistant, Katie Talbot, um, and Brian Mace, who is our associate director and takes care of all those youth. Um, and he'll talk all later. All those youth. <laughs> and he'll take, talk about later about some of his roles. Um, and then also, um, in the past, um, have assisted uh, Father Pat when he was here and Father Howard in formation of our adults. And um, we're... Father Howard and I are kind of working on some new things for adults coming out, and we're really excited about that, but really um, just interested in, in, in the lifelong formation of all of our parishioners here at Holy Angels. Um, so that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Um, and so now I'll pass the torch to Brian, keeping him the same formation vibe. You can slide it down on. if you'd like. There you go. The, uh, thank you, Hannah, the formation vibe indeed. Um, uh, I, am, uh, I am directly responsible, as my, my title says, I am the Associate Director of Faith Formation. So what does that mean, which is a good question to ask. Um, that means that I'm directly responsible for, uh, for faith formation of our high school-aged kiddos, so 9th, 10th, and 11th grade, um, as well as confirmation prep. Uh, specifically for our for our junior class or for for anyone who's ready who's even older than a junior like a senior um, also I do youth ministry which uh, which can be anything from 
retreats, to conferences, to uh, any kind service. of service. That's a good one. Um, and that's for high school aged kiddos and uh, sometimes even middle schools, mm-hmm. middle schoolers, uh, sometimes even young adults. It's my job. My job is very interesting. It, uh, it, it varies. I love it. I've told people this many times. I, I really believe like I've landed my dream job because um, I was in another career for a long time before I before I did this full time. Uh, a little background on me. I started out as a catechist for for high schoolers uh, and I had done that for about 15 years uh, before I, yes, added it, correct, at a different parish before I came to Holy Angels. Um, And so I lived that, uh, I lived that life, the life of um, volunteering and spending my time willingly uh, with teenagers, uh, and (laughs) which, which a lot of people thought I was crazy, and some of them still do, and that's cool. Hello, shout out to all of you. (laughs) Um, <laughs> um, but I, I love it. I love every minute of it. Um, I, I think the, I, and I think teenagers are not only the future of our church. I think they're the now of our church, uh, youth in general, not just teenagers, but I think the youth are, are the now of our church. Um, and having been in that role as a catechist, uh, I'd like to think that I, I understand the, the time and the, the sacrifice and the prep that goes into doing that. Uh, so uh, if we haven't, I, I know we've said this many times, but thank you. Uh, thank you to all of you who are listening right now who have said yes to, to helping out. And that's with, with any of our ministries here, uh, here at Holy Angels uh, or, or wherever you minister if you're listening in different places. Um, we all have a story to share, and that's the point I really want to drive home. We all, each one of us has a story to share, uh, and, and that's important when it comes to lay ministry because we all think, uh, well, not, maybe we don't all think. I think a lot of times people are hesitant to volunteer their time, especially when it comes to formation, uh, because they don't know enough or they think they don't know enough. They think they don't have every answer there could possibly be. Um, I'm here to tell you that you can learn all that stuff. <laughs> you can learn the right answers. Um, what you can't learn necessarily is that willingness, those intangible qualities that, uh, that point you in a direction to, to hear God's call and to minister to his, to his people. Um, there's, there's a lot of power in a story. Uh, and I know we, we talk about that specifically with our confirmation kiddos. Uh, there's a lot of power in a story because we all have one, uh, and you do too. Um, and I think it's very important that each one of us shares that story and shares our faith journey uh, as, as they go, ups, downs, sideways. We all have those, we all have those parts of our journey, uh, and I think it's... Very important for the kiddos to hear that. I think it's important for them to hear it from from our volunteers to share their stories, to share how they grew up, um, where they went wrong, where they went right, whatever it may be. Um, so, yes, lay ministry is very important. Uh, and now I'm going to pass the microphone. 
before we, we get to another person here, I just want to add a couple of comments that I, I recognized a long time ago that uh, for me, any, any priest, any pastor that thinks that they have all the answers and that they are able to do it all by themselves is going to crash and burn real quick. Uh, something I learned a long time ago from some very uh, wise and I would say some very fine clergy in my past is that one, you don't have all the answers, get over yourself. Two, you're not even supposed to have all the answers, get over yourself. And three, there are a lot of good people out there that, that want to and are willing to help in, in, in helping to guide and lead and to shepherd people. And, and that these are real jobs, you know, folks, that, that people work very hard at. And, uh, you know, they, they earn their pay and they spend a lot of hours, more than a lot of times uh, than, than maybe even expected. But it's recognizing that if, if I am to be a shepherd, you know, as a pastor, then I need to recognize that I have to depend on, on a lot of other people, whether paid or volunteer, uh, because they have tremendous, tremendous insights. Uh, they have tremendous ideas. And, and, and I am a, a firm believer that though the seminary, uh, and, you know, I, and I recognize and respect the, the education that I received in my seminary training, but they train you how to be a theologian. Uh, it's the parishes and the people you work with, both the, the professional people that you work with and the volunteer people that you work with, they're the ones that really teach you how to be a pastor. They're the ones that, that really teach you uh, what it means to, to, uh, to be able to empathize with folks, to be able to, to cry with folks, to be able to walk with them on some very, very difficult uh, journeys, to be able to show you what it means to live sacraments and make them come alive in ways oftentimes simply because I don't have the experience that they have. And just a, a simple thing that... For example, remember when I was in my 30s and I would, I would be uh, speaking to a family of someone who lost a loved one and it would be someone who would be in their 50s or 60s and I would say something really dumb like, they live such a good life. <laughs> well, I'm past my 50s and into my 60s and I have a whole lot more living to do, hopefully, God willing. <laughs> but you live such a good life. <laughs> I have, or I've tried. <laughs> But it's, it's so many folks that have helped me who have been in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and beyond that have shown me what it means to embrace each of those decades, you might say, and to live it out as best you can, you know, responding to the call of God. So it, it's just so, so important that uh, not only clergy, but, but folks in general, recognize the value and the importance of the people that we work with. And one other thing is that um, recognizing that we have um, the spiritual end of it here, uh, both with, with Hannah and with Brian. And, and I, I mean that deliberately, the spiritual end of it, because they not only work with organizing things, but they, it's demanded of them that they, they share, that, that they are able to talk about their faith they're able to talk about their relationship with Jesus. They're able to share that, not, not again having all the answers themselves, but they're able to recognize and help, I should say, others to recognize of what it means to live out this 
again, this being a disciple and, and, and being faithful to the Lord. Uh, but there's another side to all of this. And, and so I'm going to ask uh, Barb uh, Vanderwellen, uh, our business manager, to speak a little bit about her experience and, and kind of the side of it that she sees and works with. Because, again, it makes a difference in how this whole enterprise of church exists and functions and how we keep the lights on and, and other weird things like that. So uh, I'm going to ask Barb to say a few words also. Hopefully we can keep her to at least 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> the great Barb. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have some big shoes to fill here because these guys are speaking so eloquently. But I guess um, I've been with the parish, as a started as a parish secretary about 21 years ago. And I was working in retail, and I really wanted something different. I was working nights and weekends and holidays and away from my family. My kids were young, and I wanted something different. And I applied for the job as a parish secretary, and Father Britton interviewed me. And lo and behold, surprise to me, I got the job. And it was, it's been a really interesting 21 years, I guess it's been. And I love it, and it's grown into much more than I ever thought it would be on the first day that I started. I was doing the bulletin and just kind of inputting. On a typewriter. On right? a typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And just doing some little jobs at the time. And it grew into payroll and budget stuff and uh, just so many things. And, and I guess my position is... Um, the easiest way to explain it is that I keep track of your money that you give us. And you're so appreciative of every contribution you get. And with, um, I guess, going to the lay ministry subject, um, my position is kind of new in maybe in the last 20, 25 years. And in the olden days, like the 60s and 70s, and, <laughs> and that father, the, the pastor would probably count the money and post it and do all that and be responsible for where that money's going. And he had to make all those decisions. And that's hard. And like Father was saying, they're trained to be um, pastors and not um, money counters. And so that's where my position has come in in the last few years, where we help Father with the help of like finance and property and grounds and pastoral counsel. All those people kind of guide Father, and we we help him decide how to spend your contributions wisely. And it's a big deal, and we take it very seriously. And and that's not to say that we make the final decision, because Father still gets the final decision, but it's just to guide him and and make parishioners more aware of where your contributions are being spent. And it's a great ministry. It's um, it's not just counting your money. It's, it's meeting you and talking with you when you come to visit and just growing relationships that are really important. And I think that's the the most important thing about any of the work that we do is our relationships. Barb makes a good point in all of this in that uh, it's not just about counting money and, and those kinds of things. It's about connecting with people on an individual basis, on a personal basis. But it's also, as she had uh, alluded to in a couple of her comments, it's about being good stewards. 
running a church, a parish, is also a business. It's, it's not just about, you know, praying and all, of, and those are all wonderful things, but it's about being a business and how you keep the lights on and how you take care of the buildings and how you make sure that people get paid and, and how you, uh, it just all of these types of things that sometimes I'm aware of, but there are days when I just don't want to know. And yet, <laughs> it's realizing though that this is also an important side that, that, your relationship with with the parish for a pastor uh, it makes is there's a huge difference is made when people are confident in in how you handle the what the church labels as temporalities mm -hmm. that's all the practical stuff uh, that that has to be dealt with a relationship is built and trust is built when people know that you take uh, the the issue and the topic of of the genera generosity that people show that you take it seriously, uh, you take it as a very important responsibility, and you do everything you can to make sure that these monies, these funds, this generous these generous donations are handled well and are handled appropriately, so that the monies and and the gifts can be used wisely and can be used well. So that's sometimes the side of it that people do not think about, that this is also a business and that you're dealing with, you know, sometimes a very large business or at least a smaller business. And like any business, we have to make sure that steps are taken in order to, uh, to handle all of those responsibilities well. And, uh, and, and I simply could not do that at all. Uh, it's not that I'm not capable. I, I, I know how to add one and one, but it's more than that. As Barb also mentioned, is that the, the job of a business manager has grown in some ways exponentially over the past uh, number of de decades in that uh, it's, it's about investments. It's about, you know, uh, donations. It's about, you know, keeping spreadsheets. It's about planning. It's about all sorts of campaigns. It's about so much that you let me talk, as you well know, and, and I'll just take off and, and, and not stop. Oh, no, uh, we'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you give me a spreadsheet, uh, that's a whole other issue. Not that I can't read it. It's just not where my heart lies, and nor should it, nor should it. And that's because we have folks, really, in many ways, that, that are able to and are very capable, and I certainly appreciate having someone like Barb and, and the Finance Committee uh, that, um, that, that really assists in making sure, as I mentioned, that your donations are handled responsibly and are handled well. Now, one other piece that we cannot forget here, and that is our own Lindsay, who, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> who is filling a position that is really quite new for a lot of parishes, and that is communications, and she also worked with stewardship. And but there's the whole issue of communication, particularly when it comes to technology and those kinds of things. Um, but I'll let her talk to you a little bit about that because she knows a whole lot more than I do. Huh. So Lindsay, uh, or I fake it well, yes. one or the other. Um, hi, I'm not just your handy co-host. I work communications at the church. Uh, I also do music and stewardship, as Father said or really anything anyone puts on my desk and says, here, Lindsay, please do this. Um, so communications, 
I guess I just try to communicate. Everything the church is doing as best as we can. So I do the bulletins. We do this podcast. We do um, the website, Facebook, all that good stuff to get the word out, send emails out. Um, I Gift shop. Get, well, yeah, we, we started the gift shop online so that we can hopefully raise some more money that way. We What? Live streaming? Live streaming. Oh, live mm-hmm. streaming. Yep. All that stuff. And that is a relatively new phenomenon. I mean, social media has only been around for maybe 15, 20 years at the most. I mean, out the outside 20 years, because that would have been 2000, and mm-hmm. I don't even think it was around then. Um, so my background is in media studies. That was my degree in college. And for three years after college, I worked in film production in Wisconsin, both independent and um, some um, short films and feature films and and just didn't find enough work that I really loved in Wisconsin. My family was here and Father Father Britton, much like Barb, gave me the job. Um, and I was a cantor before that. And so I knew I went to school at Holy Angels. I've, I don't think I ever left. I feel like I've been here forever. Um, and so this is what the job has grown into, doing podcasts and live streaming on Sundays and and let me tell you, COVID really challenged us to push ourselves to new new heights and see what we could do and how we can reach people even better. And and hopefully we're we're gonna be doing even more of that and building upon what we've done. So um, I mean, can you imagine father trying to do communications and formation and do the budget and oh yes he's trying to minister to people as well so lay ministry is important um yeah and volunteers are important Mm -hmm. very much so i think it's just so important as as we've been sharing here a bit that we recognize this how much the church needs to change the message of Jesus doesn't change, and, and we get that. But how that message is 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 broadcast to folks, how that message is received by folks, uh, that changes in so many ways. When I first started ministry, no one knew what the heck a, a podcast was. <laughs> is that I didn't know what a podcast was. Uh, we weren't using computers. Um, there was just so much. That has changed over the years and the church has had to change with it. Uh, I still love to preach and and I love to to share with folks. That's where my gifts lie. And and what has been wonderful is to be able to discover all sorts of other gifts in the folks that I have worked with and have worked with me over the years. And to realize that as I have encountered those folks and as we have worked together, we have seen just tremendous changes and adjustments uh, as Lindy had, Lindsay had indicated that uh, just since you know this whole COVID-19 issue with the, this virus is that how much of an adjustment we have had to make uh, just how we teach, how we communicate, how we preach, how we celebrate Eucharist, so many ways and so many things had to be adjusted, had to be tweaked. Every single week for the past months is that we meet on Monday morning, the, the staff and, and we the whole staff meets together. And what we do is we talk about how did the weekend go? What are the issues that have come up this week? 
what are the issues that have come up, you know, for the weekend masses? Uh, what are the issues that have come up, whether it's from our governor, whether it's from our archbishop, whether it's wherever it's from, is that we ask ourselves then, what needs to be done? And I have been graced and I have been privileged to be working with a group of people that have risen to the challenge, uh, challenging me in, 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 in how maybe doing some things different than the way I have done them before, my challenging them and trying to say, but how do we do this without losing a sense of who we are and what we proclaim and, and, and what we try to live? And to realize that whether it's, you know, working with formation with Brian and Hannah, whether it is the business piece with Barb or whether it's the communication and liturgical pieces with Lindsay and Kurt and others, or whether it's how the flowers get watered or... <laughs> You know how we sanitize, yeah. How we sanitize the church after every service, or how we work in the school, is that the need for for us to work together. And I, I just you know can't emphasize that enough. So at times, you know, people wonder, well, what could I possibly do? Well, think about what your gifts and talents are, and 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 and, and speak with me, or speak with Barb, speak with Lindsay, speak with Hannah, speak with Brian. And it's amazing. We'll find something for you to do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's um, because there is the gifts that we have really do make a difference. And so, again, we have just been tremendously blessed by the numbers of people at Holy Angels Parish that, that have stepped up to the plate, that have volunteered their time and their energy and their monies and, and all sorts of other things, whether it's how they do this professionally or how they do this as a volunteer, people have taken their baptismal promises seriously. That they're part of this church and have a rightful place as part of this church in order to help this church to adjust, um, to, to change, to grow, to be challenged, so that no matter what age it might be, no matter what circumstance we might be faced with, is that we recognize the importance of getting that message of discipleship out, that message of the gospel, no matter what it demands of us, and to know that, that we're up to the task, that the, the, that the Lord will guide us. So it's been uh, a real grace and a privilege uh, to work with volunteers, but also with the professionals that I work with um, to help it make it all happen. As I, I mentioned before, is that any priest, I believe, or bishop for that matter, that thinks they can do it all on their own, not going to happen. It just will not happen. We would like to see them try. <laughs> because they're going to crash and burn, and uh, it, it, it will not be the church that it needs to be, um, because the Lord needs all of us. And I'll say, I just want to throw in there that that's part of why um, we all think that Father Howard is a great um not only a great pastor, but a great boss, because he, just the fact that he recognizes that and is able to tell us that he values the work that we do and our input and all of that, um, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it helps motivate us. It does. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's always better to work as a team, um, to accomplish things. And, um, so yeah, we're, we encourage you to search, uh, you know, spend some time in prayer and um, think about what your gifts and talents are and how you may want to share that with the parish. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Brian, Hannah, Barb, and Father, 
for um, thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> thank thank for you, being Lindsay. Here. Thank I think you, Lindsay. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, we're gonna leave it here. That was a, a nice little short conversation about lay ministry. Keep that in mind when next time you see that we need some volunteers because. We love new people. All right, uh, we're going to leave it there. We hope you enjoyed that, and we will see you next time. Bye.